0: We continue this journey through the great 50 days of Easter, from Easter Sunday to Pentecost Sunday, which is two weeks from now. During the great 50 days, we are taking on the great 50-day challenge, and I am so grateful to all of you who have taken up that mantle and are serving and volunteering. You're sharing your stories of transformation. You're sharing your resources. You're doing so many things to be creative during these great 50 days. We're making this journey uh, as we are looking at the book of Acts. Uh, It's written by Luke, who is the patron saint of the arts, and Luke is always painting with brush and with palette uh, an image for us about the wideness and the depth of God's love. So we've, we've looked at several key stories. In two weeks, we will read the Pentecost event, the birthday of the church, the explosion, if you will, of the Holy Spirit, which set all of this in motion. But for today, we're in the 10th chapter of the book of Acts. So I want you to find a Bible there in your pews or one you brought with you or on your tablet or your device and turn to Acts chapter 10. We'll pick up in verse 44, but I want to set up this story because it's so important uh, to the scope of of God's mission and to why we're all here today. This is part of what Acts 10 is telling us. Uh, There's two people who we'll mention today. One is Cornelius. Luke is painting for us and telling us that Cornelius was an official in the Roman army. He feared God. He prayed without ceasing and he gave generously, lavishly to people who were poor. Cornelius prayed to God and while he was praying, he heard God's voice. He said, Lord, what is it that you want? He said to Cornelius, I've I've heard your prayers. I've seen you caring for the poor. I want you to go find Peter, my disciple. The story then continues and Peter, uh, we're told, is, is hungry. He needs a snack. And it's interesting because uh, Peter says he was hungry, but he went to pray up on the roof while his food was being prepared. Now, I don't know what was being prepared or how it was being prepared, but it sent Peter to the roof to pray. There's something there for another day. We can look at that. Here these two guys are, Cornelius and Peter praying. Peter hears a voice has a vision. Cornelius hears a voice and has a vision. And Peter is so caught up. He wants to spend time with Cornelius in Cornelius' home. But he says, Lord, I can't go to his home because I can't eat what he can eat. What what he's gonna offer me is is unclean and I, I can't I can't eat what he can eat and what he's offering me. To which God said, don't worry about it Peter. You're asking the wrong The wrong question, what God has made clean, don't call it profane. So Peter with great joy says, I truly understand now that God shows no partiality and he begins to preach. He begins to share the story of Jesus and his ministry, his death, his burial, his resurrection and how the disciples and Cornelius now have met one another. And that's where we pick up in verse 44. These these short verses are very telling of the scope of the mission. Listen for the word of the Lord. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles for they heard them speaking, the Gentiles, in tongues and praising God. And Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So Peter ordered that the Gentiles be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then the Gentiles invited Peter to stay with them for several days. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's theme is all about surprises. Eastertide is all about surprises. I confess to you this morning that on a basic level, I would much rather be disappointed than surprised, caught off guard. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that says about me. It says something. But this past week, God showed God's sense of humor and brought a week that was full of surprises. As most of you know, some of us travel to San Francisco for the final inspection of our brand new organ that they tell me is actually going to fit in these chambers. That's what they say. I believe them. The Schoenstein team will be here on site this coming week to inspect our work. And then on June the 7th, 18 wheelers arrive and begin unloading and staging. And for the next three, three and a half months or so, the installation process for our new organ will ensue. Well, I've been quite giddy, actually, about hopping back on an airplane. I haven't flown in two years, and and I've missed it. But I was surprised by a couple of things. I did not anticipate the emotional response of the chaos of being in an airport terminal, if I'm being honest. It was so lovely, to see people running down the terminal to catch their connector flight and panting. Oh, what a beautiful sight that was. And to hear cranky passengers again fussing with each other and their travel companions and with those at the desk and, and then to dive into the stream of all those TSA checkpoints where, I don't know, everyone's out of sort. We're, you know, beltless and shoeless and phoneless and we actually have to look one another in the eye. Who knew that a TSA checkpoint could be so unifying for people? I didn't. I was surprised at how much I would enjoy that beautiful chaos of an airplane terminal. Well, I was surprised again when I visited the factory where our organ is being built. This company is is truly building our organ by hand, from scratch. The tour was uh, this hybrid of the show Modern Marvel with how it's made. You know those two shows? Uh, With my affinity for production line assemblies and, and mills, this factory for me was like being in Willy Wonka's factory. Somewhere amid our tour, Josh kind of slid over to the new console, and Mabs was was there with him. And Josh started playing, Abide in Me, and How Great Thou Art, while Mabs sing. And before I knew it, this whole factory filled up with that duo, and persons came, literally, out of the woodwork and the pipework and from the upper office to hear the sound that was filling up the room from our organ and from Mab's voice. And there were some tears there. I tried to convince them that it was the San Francisco pollen, but there is no such thing as San Francisco pollen in California. I was not expecting to feel the power of the Holy Spirit in an organ factory. I was quite surprised. Our text today, it's one of surprises. It's one where the Holy Spirit shows up and surprises Jews and Gentiles alike. That's how the great 50 days is supposed to work. That is, that is what Easter is all about. That is the great 50-day challenge that we have we've taken on through acts of kindness and generosity and, and all of the ways that, that you're stepping up to be the church. It should be shocking and surprising what God can do through God's people. You know, for the past couple of weeks, our, our readings from, from Acts have had something surprising to say about baptism. If, if you think back very quickly with me, last week the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip met on a just a random desert road in, in Samaria and the eunuch was baptized. He asked a question, what's preventing me from being baptized? And, and here today, just a to, a couple of chapters later, Peter and this Roman soldier of all people, this Roman official of all people have a conversation, and that soldier is baptized in his home. That made me start thinking about Magnolia's baptism today and Sloan's baptism and the vows that that Riley took in saying yes to Jesus this morning, we say them every week. I don't ever want us to gloss over these questions in our bulletin. Do you renounce wickedness? Do you confess? Do you place your trust? Do you promise? Do you accept? Do you resist? Will you nurture? These are significant ways to experience the grace of God in this world We promise to do these things, and I I don't know about you, but it should be shocking, surprising to all of us that by a little bit of water and the power of the Holy Spirit, God brings us together for mission and ministry. There's a couple of things I want to say about this text. I, I think as we drill down a little deeper as to what's going on here, we see that God is, is pressing some limits to and through Peter, that anyone who does right by God and is is found acceptable in God's sight. But there's, there's a couple of other things I, I want to say. Because in Cornelius' time of prayer, and in Peter's time of prayer, I want us not to miss the fact that neither of them were talking, they were listening is our form of prayer as we seek to find God's purpose for ministry and mission in our lives, more about talking or more uh, about listening because what we read at the outset about Cornelius and about Peter is that they were listening. And it was in their listening that God spoke to them and God gave them a vision for what it means to move forward. According to this reading, Luke is painting a picture again for what convergence looks like between likely and unlikely folks. I have to think that Cornelius was wondering, how, how do I get into God's family? Am I allowed in, in God's family? What do I have to do? I, I'm giving, I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm giving my life to God, I'm devout, I I fear God, but I I continue to be on the outside. And Peter, Peter on the other hand, Peter was in a very theological crisis, this cognitive dissonance where he knew what his ancient scriptures had told him about cleanliness and and uncleanliness. I wanna go eat, I want so badly to go eat with Cornelius, Lord, but I, I just can't, there's a boundary there that I just cannot, I cannot cross to which God said, stop, stop with the labels, Peter. We do that. Peter's parochialism, it caused him to divide people into categories. So when God offered salvation to Cornelius and his entire household, it was shocking news to which Peter could only reply, I understand that God shows no partiality. Or in other words, that God will not uh, allow any labels to be attached to God's people We've talked about that. Labels can be so harmful, they can pit the church against one another, liberal, conservative, this way, that way, laity, clergy, Methodists, some other denomination. But one of the most surprising elements of Acts is the diversity of people that God brings into the family through baptism. And friends, I tell you, love always surprises us in that way. Love always surprises us in the waters of baptism and in the meal we know as Holy Communion. These great 50 days are so full of surprises because God is always at work trying to tear down walls and use the rubble to build bridges between broken relationships, church and community, community and church, to bring together likely and, and unlikely people, Easter to be honest is is god 's way of just simply inviting people to some water and to a table it 's a beautiful image to me that by water and the spirit, through our baptism, we experience a God who will not be limited by boundary or by border. So why should we? God is the first mover what we 've acknowledged in Magnolia Mae's baptism just now is that God is already at work in her life, wooing her, getting her attention, and someday Magnolia's gonna stand up here just like Riley did and say, yes, I get it, I understand it, I accept it for myself. And we're gonna say the same thing. We're right here with you. We're gonna see it through with you. God is not waiting on people to reach for God. God is always reaching for us If we'll orient our listening in our prayer time, we'll hear it. If we'll orient our our time, we'll experience it. If we'll present our time and our talents and our treasures, we, we cannot miss out on the work that God is doing around us, causing borders and boundaries to break down, masks of all kinds to be removed, chairs being pulled up around a common table it's a beautiful image of what happens when we listen to God. The final thing I wanna share is, is found in verse 49. It's the very last verse that I read. It says, uh, Cornelius's family invited Peter to stay on with them for several days. Now that sounds really insignificant. Willie Jennings calls these words slender words because they just about slip past us as if The miracle of baptism and proclamation and and unity between Jew and Gentile was not enough. A Roman family invites the first disciples to a table, to a meal, to overnight lodging. Radical hospitality. And they actually got along with one another long past the photo op. My brothers and sisters, this is what God wants to happen when we rise from the waters of our baptism for like and unlike people to surprise one another by eating together and by living in peace together. Somewhere on a remote road to Samaria, an Ethiopian eunuch and a follower of Jesus met up and they had Bible study and and baptism broke out. A little later, in a quite humble and remote corner of the Roman Empire, a centurion opened his, his home to some Jewish Christians And a hole is ripped in the fabric of space and time long enough for the world to be surprised by grace. So I want to ask us something today. When you said yes to Jesus through your baptism, through your confirmation as a profession of faith, did you expect, do you still expect to be surprised by a God who brings together all people by water and the Spirit and around a common table? When you say yes to the ministries of this church with your prayers and your presence and your gifts and your service and your witness? Did you know that you are actually ripping open the curtains that separate people from God and people from people? These are serious vows we take because they change us and they change those around us. And we allow ourselves to be changed by those around us so that we can be agents of transformation in the world this week, I want to encourage you to do something. I want to encourage you to listen. Carve out intentional time and space to pray to God through your listening. And in your listening, I pray you'll hear a voice and a vision. And maybe you'll think of a Roman centurion or a Jewish fisherman, or you'll be a Roman centurion or a Jewish fisherman by listening or sharing a story together. Take some time to reorient your time and your talents and your treasures to say yes to Jesus and yes to the church and let's just rip a hole in that fabric that divides all of us. I pray that God would surprise us this week. Let's pray about that right now together. Lord, in our silence, in this very moment, I pray that we would begin the steps of listening to you, to your voice, to your vision. May the waters of our our baptism, the vows we've taken at membership, lead us to some unlikely people, maybe to ask questions about our, our own faith, maybe to listen to others and to hear their questions, maybe not to look so intently on that which divides, but for points of connection and points of unity. Maybe, Lord, our lives could become their own form of a living prayer. We pray, Almighty God, that we would be the church who remembers the vows we've taken at our baptism and seeks to be the light of Christ through word and deed. All honor, all glory is yours, Almighty God